just want to say that I absolutely love getting feedback from you guys about this podcast. And I want to thank you so much to those that have sent feedback in recently about the new shows format. I mean, when it comes down to it, I don't do this show for me. I do it for you. So therefore, I want to make sure it's the best show possible for you. So any feedback that you give me just helps me make the show even better. So I really appreciate those of you that have taken the time to send in feedback about this show, whether it be negative, like I don't like something about this show, which I must be on a good roll because I haven't received negative feedback. But if you have any, I want you to send it through. Or if it's something to do with improving the show, I would say like positive feedback in that sense of, well, it'd be really cool if we could do more of this type of topic. I liked what you did here and I want to hear more about that. Then that's really, really good because I know what uh, everyone would like to hear. And, uh, or if it's more neutral feedback, oh, I wouldn't say neutral because it's more like positive feedback as well, but just to say, Hey, you're on the right track. This is exactly what I want to hear. All of it will help me shape the podcast into coming exactly what I want it to be, which is the podcast that you love the best. So uh, yeah, do send through feedback if you have any. Uh, but I want to get into today's episode kind of on that point, because I want to show you a, another little clip from, well, it was more of a full episode from inside of the inner circle that I did uh, that got really good feedback. After I did this episode, uh, quite a few people reached out and said, yes, Jason, more of that. That is really interesting stuff. And it is something that a lot of, if you were to sign up to listen to other people, people talk about music marketing, they probably wouldn't get into such a uh, in-depth and heavy marketing topic. But it seemed to be that those, even though it was pretty involved, a lot of people found it really interesting. So I wanted to bring it to the I Am Northbound podcast. Uh, you know, the episode is probably a year old now, but still just as relevant as it was the day I recorded it, because I am uh, very excited to hear what you think about this uh, episode as well. Now, that's been some of the feedback I've gotten is that you do like when I show you these advanced episodes from inside the inner circle. So I will be doing them every now and then. I'm going to continue to do them. And um, I hope you enjoy every single one. But today we're going to be talking about attribution modeling through dark socials. And while that may sound like another language to some of you, I'm sure, because if you're just getting into marketing, that might sound a bit advanced. It is a fascinating concept. Essentially, attribution modeling is an elusive art. It's very difficult to um, figure out or solve the problem itself that it presents. It's difficult to solve, but if it is able to be solved, my goodness, the value that comes on the other side of it is just unbelievably powerful. If you can wield that power, you can easily and effortlessly bring in new listeners and scale channels that are working in your favor. I did get a lot of positive feedback, more so than I usually get about when I talked about near aesthetics and their application to content creation and that kind of thing. In fact, one person even said, because I asked, I said, you know, is this what you want to see more of? Let me know. And I got a message from one, one, one person so it said, it's actually the reason they signed up to the inner circles because they want the advanced stuff. If you want advanced stuff, here you go. This is some of the stuff I do on the back end. And I obviously want you to get to this level. So it makes sense for me to talk about it. Now I'm really excited to talk about it, knowing that it's going to be relevant. Um, but I want to be talking about um, attribution modeling and essentially dark socials and how people aren't really paying attention to them or how they can misreport. And it's stuff that you could find as you start to scale ad sets or even just social campaigns. And um, make it might knowing this might make you avoid making mistakes. Might help you, sorry, avoid making mistakes in the future. So keep it in mind as you're going through your content journey. Now, obviously, I know that some of this advanced stuff, some of you might be listening now going, I want to get into it, but I don't understand it. So I'm going to do my best to try to uh, make it accessible to everyone, no matter where you're at on your journey in music marketing. So at the moment, I'm going to, uh, I'll, I'll give a quick overview, but not so much that I want to take up the whole episode explaining the basics of it. But essentially, like attribution modeling is... Um, in marketing, it's the idea of being able to track um, the exact user journey that was responsible for the desired outcome that you had. So like if you ask people to buy something, 
the attribution modeling will allow you to retrace the user journey to find which channel is bringing in the most conversions to be able to scale it accordingly and reduce the ad spend into others or at least the budget you put into the others. Um, I've, I've talked about this before about finding what's working on socials and then scaling it, which a lot of people don't uh, take the time and effort to do. But by doing so, that's how you shortcut growth. Um, you do it on Facebook when you run Facebook ads because you run a whole bunch of split tests and then scale the winning ads because what's the point of spending money on the ones that aren't converting? Um, but yeah, they also can talk about this a little bit as multi-touch attribution, which is just the different touches that a user does on the way to making that conversion. I mean, just looking it up online now. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's really cool how people actually talk about this whole process. But if you ever hear me talk about attribution modeling or whatever, I'm just clicking around. Um, there's, uh, I've just found this interesting thing. Someone's talked about a marketing attribution ladder and they're talking about the different things that's ladder to get people up to. That's interesting. I'm just like browsing this as I'm talking to you. But saying essentially that uh, how people can move between online and offline, whatever, that's for another day. I think that might overcomplicate things. I just in the corner of my eye, I caught a glimpse of a infographic that I thought might be relevant. Um, but essentially, yeah, yeah. So it's like you, you have to try to find the attribution reporting that works for you and like things are going to report back. And now the issue is, is that um, a lot of attribution modeling software will misreport the data, which will make you scale the wrong thing and therefore waste more money. So uh, something you have to take into consideration is uh, dark socials. Now, it sounds like such a trendy buzzword. Oh, dark social. So spooky. What is it? Um, but it's the same thing as like the dark web. Now, I know like media run away with the dark web and go, oh, they bought it on the dark web. Like you can buy someone's kidneys on the dark web if you wanted a second pair, you know, just in case. Um, but a lot of the times, like the dark web is really not that scary. And even if they're like 80% of the internet is the dark web. Um, from my understanding of it, the dark web is essentially just stuff that isn't accessible through search engines. Um, so for example, it makes sense that like most of the web is the dark web because um, if you run a website, all the front page are searchable. Like you could Google IamNorthbound.com and you'll get I am Northbound come up. But what you won't get is all the back end of all the videos that are stored on the, you know, behind the scenes in the storeroom, so to speak, of the site. And uh, you won't get the inventory coming up in the search engine, but it still is accessible. Now, I could be wrong. There could be some computer science, like science expert out there being like, no, that's not quite right. But that's the way I see it. And I think that's pretty close. Um, so yeah, like for example, a lot of people use online storage, like Google Drive. You can't access that through storage, uh, so th- excuse me, through search engines, but it's all the big data is being held. So it's not that scary or spooky. Sure, there are some weird stuff that occurs, um, on the dark web because they're away from the search engines and you can log into weird servers and stuff, but, uh, and there might be a black market online. I assume there probably is. I've heard there is. Um, but you know, not everything on the dark web is sinister. Um, if you use Google Drive or Dropbox, you're essentially taking advantage of the dark web. So dark socials are a similar thing. It's like you've got, um, it's kind of used on in a looser way and not the exact same like, uh, definition as, you know, the dark web. But essentially, you've got like your present socials that you can track things through. But then there's dark socials, which are are the back end of the socials you have that aren't as easy to report. So they're not the obvious things. Like, for example, your Instagram account would, um, what's the opposite to dark web? Just the normal web? It's not the light web. Um, But essentially, like you have your Instagram account. And if people comment on that, you can measure that. But if people are talking about you somewhere on the back end of the internet, it's more difficult to track. So there are various different attribution, um, well, not not even just to measure conversions, but you've got uh, reporting software out there that look for mentions of you online. There's plenty of them you can buy. A lot of them have like lifetime deals floating around. And um, you can do stuff like whenever you're mentioned on Twitter, for example, it will alert you if someone's just talking about you, which is pretty cool because 
essentially I was trying to figure out what's going on with the dark web. I'm sorry, dark socials and trying to see where it comes from. Um, but one of the issues that a lot of people make when they use attribution software is relying, re- relying entirely sorry, on like the, uh, the, the box that it puts your like listeners attribution, um, like multi-touch journey through it comes to a destination and says, Okay, that is what's responsible for that conversion, whether that be to listen to music or whether it be to buy a product or whatever. Um, usually it's to purchase something that you want to use attribution modeling software for. But then again, that's because businesses usually use it for music artists. It's a different thing. Um, you try to get people to listen, but you still have to know the listener's journey, I guess, in the attribution, um, modeling to be able to find exactly like, it's find exactly, exactly so that the, exactly the channel that was responsible for that outcome. So you can scale that and get rid of the ones that aren't. But the, the problem is, is that if, like you say you're trying to sell a product and your, um, attribution software reports that, um, organic search was responsible. You might be like, okay, sick. We've got to put a ton more budget into organic search. Um, and it might not work for you. And you might wonder why you might, is there's a program broken? Was it because it was a temporary trend to look me up on that platform and it just isn't working anymore? Did I make a mistake with the way that I implemented my organic search strategy? But the truth is that the software didn't report it correctly. It didn't tell you the full story. Now, what I mean by this is, um, say for example, uh, your attribution software has told you that organic search was responsible for, uh, the, the best, uh, multi-touch user journey of, um, attribution model to get to the conversion that you're trying to get people to take, right? And you're like, organic search, cool. Uh, you imagine that that would mean that someone has naturally searched you up, but what led them to want to search you up? That's incredibly important because people just aren't naturally randomly typing in names on Google till they hit something. Oh, a lot of people are randomly typing your name, you know, be more present on, uh, with SEO because then people are going to be able to find you easier. Um, that doesn't happen. Obviously something led them to what, like want to go to Google to want to find you to like to find exactly who you are and what you do. So you have to find out what that is. So take, for example, you see organic search, you might be like, all right, well, um, I need to focus more on SEO. Um, but search engine optimization will only get you so far because as I said, there's behavior that led into that decision to want to follow you on that. Um, so say for example, um, it re- reports that that might not be the full story. Um, if you ask that person who, who made that purchase, like one of them, for example, um, they found you, even though all you'll get on your attribution software is, um, organic search is that y- if you ask them that they might say, well, they follow someone on Instagram that, uh, you commented on one of their posts and you said something really cool. So they or they didn't like click through and follow you yet. It wasn't too good to be true. It wasn't like the perfect situation. It wasn't the best outcome. But they saw you and went, you know what? That's cool. And they kept you on the back of their mind and remembered that comment that you posted. Maybe they saw you comment a couple of times. Who knows? But then a little bit later, they realized that the person whose account you posted, like commented on, shouted out the latest podcast episode that you were in on their story. They were already familiar with you. That's multi-touch marketing. And they, um, through the mirror exposure effect, became more comfortable with you. Uh, that was enough to get them to eventually act, which, you know, if you know with marketing, they say that it requires on average about seven touches and exposure to what you do before people actually will want to follow more. So that's why you've got to be consistently present out there on the internet in a way that people understand you. Take advantage of the mirror exposure effect. We'll talk about that later again. If you want to, I've talked about it in previous episodes. Um, but say, yeah, say, say they are, that was enough for them. They only needed a few comments of yours to, you've won them over because the comments you left were super valuable and straight to the point and sold them. So eventually, you know, I mean, they looked after what you did. Uh, and were more conscious of what you created, sorry, and was very much on in tune with what you said. So by the time that they saw the social proof of the uh, account that you commented on, shout your podcast out, say if it's a friend of yours or someone you know, um, that was the, that was all they needed. The, that was the endorsement they needed to go, cool, I've got a 
check that podcast episode out. I want to hear more. I'm curious. So they act on their curiosity, as I always say people do. And um, that's why you should create curiosity. Uh, and you managed to do this in this example. So they click through, uh, cl- click through. So they listen to your podcast. Uh, really liked it, but didn't know in the um, just like where to find more out about you because maybe they were busy when you said it on the podcast or weren't paying attention. Didn't know exactly how to look you up, so they went to Google and said, "Where do I find you?" And uh, they found you through that. Went to your page, saw that you were selling something that's totally in tune with what they're doing. They bought it, uh, and that's how they it, it went down. But all your software is going to report is organic search. Do you see what I mean? Like in a perfect world, you might think, "Oh, you left a comment. They liked it so much that they went and clicked through and followed you on Instagram." And then when you posted about the podcast, they listened to it and listened to everything you said, and then heard what you said on it, and went to your page and um, so your site or whatever and found what you were selling and bought it there. And that's how a lot of people draft out their user journey is just imagining everything is a perfect outcome, but it doesn't happen like that in the real world. As I just gave in that example, your comments didn't fully win them over, but it was because they, you know, the, the account that you were commenting on posted about you that sold them. Do you see what I mean? Uh, and when they're listening to you, they didn't hear where to follow you. So it's like lots of variables. Okay. But eventually, with all those different outcomes and peculiar uh, variables and things like not going 100% to plan, they ended up still converting. But there is no way that your attribution software is going to be able to report all that. So what is the one common denominator here, I guess, or what's the one answer of who can report that? There's no software out there that can do that, okay? There's only one person, and that's the customer. So the way to make attribution work to your favor is always the answer that I seem to say for everything is market research, okay? I'm going to be fully transparent about this. When I put out to my email list about joining the Discord server and I say there's an application, uh, I only really need to ask like three questions. Like, what's your name? What's your artist's name? Send us some of your music. That's pretty much it. Um, but I ask two more questions. I say, what's your biggest roadblock at the moment? And what are you hoping to get out of the music marketing Discord? Uh, before you join, which is great because it gives us more idea about what people's expectations are and how to create a more stable environment for that uh, to, to fulfill that, right? So that's great. But it's also a great chance and opportunity for me to do more market research. So don't let an opportunity go by. If you can find out more about your customer, do it because I'm learning how people are now and in a year's time since my last big market research might have been a year ago. Time goes so quickly. It might have been, could have been six months, doesn't matter. Things change and the meta changes of the music industry and people start caring about other things. As new trends come in, um, people will start wanting to chase them and figure out, or not chase them, but like to solve those problems and use that to their advantage to grow and like to figure out how to get their music heard on this new platform or through a new strategy. Um, so it's always good to keep market researching and that's why I do it the way I do it. You know, with that, I try to think all the time is an opportunity here to market research. Um, but what you should do is, is reach out to customers or people that have converted and be like, Hey, if you don't mind, can you tell me the whole journey of like how you found out about me and just get them to do it, reward them with something. If you can, the best part about being a music artist is you can create exclusive music. If they love your music, if that's what's gatekeeping people around. Great idea I saw from an artist ages ago is that he recorded a couple of songs, I think, or maybe it was just one, but it was an exclusive single that only got given away to people who followed him on Instagram. So when they did, they didn't know they were going to get it. But when they did follow him, he'd reach out through a DM and say, thanks so much for following me. Here's a secret track that I don't give to anyone else. And it's yours now because you followed me. That little delight moment is incredibly important to um, uh, see more growth in the future. Actually, delight is a mad topic that I should be talking about later. In um, I'm writing that down for a note for a future episode. It was those studies done into the fact that on a status, they thought on a satisfaction scale that delight was at the top, but delight's on a separate scale. And if you can make it happen for you, huge growth. Okay, that's why Amazon's so big. And I'll talk about that in another episode. But you're looking to create those delight moments where they are surprised by something amazing that they were given as a present. They'll build extra connection with you and stay on board long term. 
So 100%, um, you need to allocate resources to creating those moments. And if that means, I mean, you could do that by creating a song, like do that by so, um, create those resources and do that. A great way of doing that is by creating music ahead of time, only having it saved in a resource for people who perform specific actions and say, uh, can you reach out to a customer? How'd you find out about me? Could you tell me the whole story? And even if they say something, like, I don't know, I just heard you on that podcast, be like, cool. Uh, what was the, f- maybe you say in your first message, tell me the first moment you, um, found out about me and try to remember as many steps as you can to lead you to what made you make a purchase. And I've got a little present for you to say thanks for your time. Take some two seconds. Like, I think I saw you in a post on Instagram and then I saw this person post and I went and listened to the podcast and then searched you on Google. Um, that's all they need to say. Like, great. Here's my new single that I'm not actually releasing to anyone else. It's just you're one of the few people that get it. We live in a world of like NFTs now where everyone wants these like, um, secret little things that no one else has access to. So, um, use that to your advantage. If that's the culture of how people are thinking about exclusivity now, rather than it's on Spotify, anyone can listen to it like you've got it and you're one of the only people that have heard it, they're not going to forget that, okay? So it can work on multiple levels to bring multiple growth, uh, multiple um, outcomes or degrees of growth for you as a music artist. Um, but yeah, keep that in mind, okay? Because if you're able to do that, you can find exactly what the customer journey was. And if you start seeing multiple people say the same thing, you can start looking into scaling that accordingly, okay? Now it might be difficult, um, but if you find that a lot of people, for some reason, as I gave in that example, uh, saw you commenting on specific people's pages and you're like, damn, I'm going to put a ton of time and effort into commenting on the pages of people that are likely going to shout me out when I do podcasts because that's what's working. I don't know why, but it is. And you'll find that something, it might sound crazy, but that kind of thing might work for you. Um, so keep that in mind. Attribution modeling doesn't always work or isn't, or I'll say isn't always reported correctly in online software. So the easiest way you can do it is through reaching out and one-on-one human experience, right? It's like we forget, we get so caught up in the sexiness of online software being like, oh, how cool is the reporting and all that? And um, you forget that um, they're not perfect and uh, human experience is human experience. So use it to your advantage. And then if you engineer it correctly, you'll not only just get the results from like the reporting done correctly by that specific customer, but you'll also get a ton of connection built in the process of, you know, that person now wanting to follow you. They're already a committed person by this uh, in order to, you know, if complete the action you ask them to do. It's already higher up on the listen path. So you provide this extra level connection. Um, they're going to stay around long term. Okay. They're going to tell their friends about you. It's going to work to your advantage. Hopefully you can see the uh, opportunity here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of I Am Northbound. If you want more episodes of advanced music marketing that dives into even crazier stuff than what you just heard, then go to IamNorthbound.com and join the I Am Northbound inner circle. Every single week, you're going to get access to a ton of content that talks about things that other people just aren't talking about. We dive into advanced music marketing strategies, psychology and its application to advertising, persuasion and scientific research. Trust me, this stuff is information you cannot get anywhere else and will give you the upper hand in growing your audience and getting your music heard. We'll be right back.